We are Tristan and Michael. When we got married, we didn't really know what we were getting into. The busyness and challenges of a blended family, trying to figure out how to love an imperfect person, dealing with the ups and downs of becoming one, and everything that goes into having a successful relationship. Let's learn how to heal, how to forgive, and how to grow. This is Fused. On today's show... And like all this stuff was painted in an image inside this tomb. You go look at that tomb like, man, this is a great guy. This is, he was this, that, and the other. But in my mind, I'm like, you know what? He really didn't embrace his story. Like they have power over, well, I'm not going to get attached or I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to trust him because of the last dude or the last chick. And you are holding yourself captive to this person that is no longer even in your world, in your life. And they should not have that much power over any of us. So that made me think, like, you know what? This really, what this really is Facebook and Instagram back in 2000 and BC. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I'm empowered. I'm bold. I don't have to be bothered with the people that are whispering because it might have bothered me before, but I don't have to. I don't have to mess with them because I have a bigger mission. Thank you for tuning in. We are Tristan and Michael, and you are listening to Fuse Transparent Conversations for Marriage, Family, and Relationships. We invite you to join us as we discuss perspectives that are thought about but not talked about. So tell your friends and family to check us out and connect with us on social media. Join the conversation by emailing us at info at fusedmarriages.com. All right, Michael. What are we getting into today? Yeah, yeah. Just welcome the people back. Season two, mm-hmm. episode two. Mm-hmm. We all in it. All the way. Hopefully they enjoyed the first episode of season two. Yes. If you haven't, go check it out. Yes. Check it out. Subscribe. Let your friends know what's going Absolutely. on here. Absolutely. Because um, we have a lot more to come. Absolutely. Drop us a comment too. Something you know, you like something, you have a question about something or you know what, just have a, a topic idea, even whatever it is, just drop us a comment. We'd like to hear yeah. f- feedback from you guys. No doubt. All right, so today, I was actually, so I was watching a movie on Netflix, a documentary actually on Netflix, mm-hmm. right? And the documentary was about these uh, archaeologists basically looking at in Egypt for just different artifacts and kind of discover the history. Hist- uh, Egypt has a lot of history. Mm-hmm. So they were just doing some discovery about, you know, the pyramids and different stuff like that. Right. And they went into this particular pyramid or this tomb. Mm-hmm. And they discovered some like real unique things on the wall, right? It had like, you know, some uh, a picture of a man and his wife and his kids. And it's like all kind of extravagant, like how they lived and they were farmers and they lived in this big palace. They said, you know what? This guy probably was a priest because only priests had basically setups to this extravagant of how they lived during that time. Mm-hmm. So they said, you know what? We need to find his body. Okay. You know, that's what they do. You know what I mean? Okay. It's kind of yeah, weird, yeah, but yeah. like they they're trying excavate. to, yeah. they're trying, they're trying to, they're trying to understand history. And this, and yeah. this history goes back, or this pyramid goes back to 2000 BC. Okay. Which would go back quite a, quite a ways. Right? Yeah, for sure. So just to kind of get the story moving along. So basically they start digging, right? They got these different, they call these shafts where these basically bodies are buried. If we're going to say, you know what, they're basically, you know, when we go dig our graves. They, they, they put them in shafts inside these pyramids. Okay. So they start digging and digging and digging and they discover the wife and the kids. But the wife and kids, they're kind of just like literally standing straight up in this shaft, which is unnormal for uh, abnormal for what this uh, particular setup is. Right. They normally are wrapped in some nice extravagant cloth and wrapping and kind of preserving different way. They got like a either a stone or wooden coffin mummified. They didn't have none of that. Okay. They were like, hold on. What? Like, who are these people? Uh 
So they said, there's another shaft. They dig up the other shaft. And it was a, a man. Mm-hmm. And they said this man's name was Y.T. 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 Okay. And they were baffled, like, okay, why was he? Because he was done the same way. Nothing extravagant, real kind of plain. You know, you think about King Ted, they got like gold laid out, this, yeah, that, and the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had none of that. It was just like a wooden, just a wooden crate, and he was kind of wrapped up in there. Okay. And they said, you know what? This man probably died of some kind of disease. Him and his family died of some kind of disease or something, right? Mm-hmm. So I made me think, like, you know what? This really, what this really is Facebook and Instagram back in 2000 in BC. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> because uh-huh. he painted a picture, yeah, for everybody to see, mm-hmm. and really it wasn't really actually what was going on with his life. Wow. So I was like, okay, man, this is weird, right? It's 2000 BC. You know what? So a lot of us, I'm looking at, we we gotta like wrap our minds about who we are. Mm-hmm. And I think they were saying why T was basically trying to really preserve his image and push it forward into history. But when they started digging deeper, Uh-oh. they discovered that he really wasn't that. Ooh, so he, he had created this illusion by making this, this yeah. first tomb look amazing and extravagant and interesting. When the reality behind the scenes is he had a whole, whole setup that was, setup. that did not reflect the initial image. Yeah. And not- so what you saying, what I hear you saying Come is on. now with where we are in society, we project this image that isn't the truth um, according to what's happening behind the scenes. That's 100% right. Mm. And it's like, the thing about it, we got to figure out how to embrace our story. Wow. And that's really the topic we want to talk about is like the importance, right? Because you're like, how does that play into, we're going to tie it into like relationships and how it all fits in, whether okay, it's just okay. family relationships, romantic or whatever, husband and wife, but like about embracing your story about who you are. Okay. Ooh, let's jump into that. Okay, thank you, YT. Yeah, YT. So check it out. It's, it's very interesting. So YT, the whole thing about YT, he they said, you know what? He can, he didn't walk straight. Mm. He had something wrong with his knees. You know what? He actually, you know what, died at 35. He didn't even live a long life. Oh, wow. And like all this stuff was painted in an image inside this tomb. You go look at that tomb like, man, this is a great guy. This is, he was this, that, and the other. But in my mind, I'm like, you know what? He really didn't embrace his story. And that really, to me, is kind of one of the cornerstones of how we look at relationships, at least how we should look at relationships, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, you almost have to, like, find value. We're talking about this point number one. You got to find value in your story. Okay, so talking about relationships. Yeah. Going going all the way in as we do on, on this show. So we're, we're beginning this conversation mm-hmm. by discussing embracing your story. Embracing your story. And what, is, what does that mean? What does that look like to embrace your story? Yeah, I think I think you got to find value, as I was just saying, on point one is like in really in who you are and what you've gone through, mm-hmm. because like without finding that value of who you are, you kind of like either push it away or run from it. And like mm-hmm. some people are kind of like they're not necessarily embracing every aspect of who they are because they're kind of either ashamed of it. They don't want people to know about it. Or it's like, it's something going on. Psychologically say, you know what, man, that's really not me, but it is you because you've gone through it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people fear the rejection or the ridicule for some of the experiences that they've had in their life. Right. Um, so going with what you're saying as it, as it pertains to relationships, I think sometimes there's this kind of fear of, man, I've made so many mistakes. How can I have what I want when all the things that I've done are trying to trailing me. Um, yeah. So I think that that's a really interesting perspective is the, because it, it, you lose a part of your identity. If right. you decide, hey, I'm just starting from here, it's not that you can't move forward, um, 
but it's that that stuff that was behind you really has formed you. It really has made you. Um, I know we were recently, um, as you all know, we do premarital counseling and we were recently talking to a couple and they didn't really want to talk about their history. They didn't want to really talk about like what happened, you know, embracing the past. And my fear for them and for any of us is that when we don't talk about it and we don't allow our spouse or our partner into that space, that they really don't know us. They really right. don't know our triggers. They really um, don't know how we received, receive love. They really don't know our influences or what got us to this point. Um, it's, it's a detriment to the relationship. You know what I mean? No, 100%. Um, I think what you're saying, and if I'm hearing it, it's the same thing you're hearing, is like, you know what? Sometimes we messed up. We messed up or made mistakes, and it's like, how does somebody really get to know you if they don't know every part of you, right? If you make a mistake and... You know what the idea is that you're trying to overcome that mistake or you have overcame that mistake. Mm -hmm. It's like that's just part of you and in, in your growth experience. Mm -hmm. And without them understanding like what you've gone through yeah. to really like embrace you as a person, they're only embracing the good part of you, mm -hmm. not really the whole part of you. Wow. Only embracing the good part. And I wonder too if that in some way incites like internal fear. Mm -hmm. You know, like if they knew everything, you know, that kind of if they knew yeah. all of me, they wouldn't love me. They wouldn't care about me. They wouldn't want me if they really knew who I was. So it almost, you're, you're by hiding that past, you're even putting yourself in a prison within the confines of your marriage or your relationship. And I want to speak specifically to those that um, have gone through um, um, divorce. I think sometimes when people go through um, divorce, they don't even want to recognize that that was a part of their experience other mm -hmm. than, yeah, it happened. They don't want to get into, hey, this was the fault that I, I bear. This mm -hmm. is what happened with them. This is why it didn't work. This is what I could have done differently, what should have happened differently. But by not doing that, you're limiting the relationship that you're now in or pursuing because you're unable to really articulate the things in the past that influenced you and got you to this point. I think they're almost in not to kind of be uh, condescending or anything, but I think that there should be almost a level of gratitude that they were, that any of us have been able to graduate from challenges mm -hmm. to go to the next level and being able to say, yeah, that happened. It sucked. It was not easy. I should have done this. I could have done this, but that informed who I am today so that I can be sitting with you or that I can be um, a better mom or a better spouse or a better partner. Yeah, I th yeah, absolutely. It's like I think a lot of people end up embracing the issue and not embracing the story. Ooh, talk about that. Talk about that. Go it's in. Like, go in. <laughs> and it's like you know what? You, whenever you embrace the issue, it's like your mind can't get over what you went through. Hmm. Whether somebody did you wrong, whether yeah. it's a mistake you had, you know what? You got fired from a job, or you tr you overcoming, you know, said divorce, or you had a kid out of wedlock. You know what? On paper, all oh, that looks like God. I went through that. I mm -hmm. did. You know what? I flunked out of school too. Like, hold on. Mm -hmm. On paper, that looks like it looks bad. Yeah. Right. And it's like to me, that's embracing the issue. But really, mm -hmm. the embracing the story is like saying, okay, you know what? That that happened to me, but that doesn't define me. Yeah. And if I allow that issue to define me, then I'm stuck. Mm -hmm. I'm stuck in that spot. I don't care if I'm living, moving from day to day. I'm still mm -hmm. really stuck in the spot of where that issue took place. Yeah. And like some people right now, it's 2020, but really they stuck in 1995. Oh, wow. They stuck in 2000. Yep. They stuck in 2005. Whatever that time that issue happened, you know what I mean? 
it just really just in their mind, their mental space and their heart and their spirit is like, it's just there. They're, they're stuck in that spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a significant point about being able to do what's necessary to mm-hmm. move forward. And it doesn't mean that, um, that didn't hurt. Um, I don't want to trivialize people's experience with pain or with challenge, but it is important that you take the steps to, to acknowledge and progress. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that that um, I, I, I really feel strongly as we're having this conversation that there are so many of us that have these kind of dark spots in our past that right. and it's OK if it takes you some time to talk about it, but not pretending that it, it was never there. If you were abused or you were molested or you went through a divorce or you had a kid out of wedlock like you just mentioned um, or you didn't you know, graduate or you didn't achieve. Those are OK to be painful painful spots, but mm-hmm. I, I, I fear that we allow those to be, like you said, defining moments that they become like, this is just the way that it is will always be. And that's not true. Like we have the opportunity right. to really propel our lives forward and not to allow um, circumstances to, to dictate our future. Yeah. And it seemed like, I mean, definitely can't, you don't want to dictate your future. It's like, if you don't embrace your story, it's almost like you're giving power to that issue. Oof. And like, you got to figure out how to take that power back, right? Because ultimately you're trying to be a whole person yeah. and that whole person is then trying to have healthy relationships. Right. And in order to have healthy relationships, you got to release the power of that issue and then gravitate the power really where you're trying to go to. Yeah. And I think that happens sometimes with people too. Like somebody, um, you are in a dysfunctional relationship or there's a breakup or something and then you, kind of allow that person to have power and they're no longer even in the picture. Right. Like they have power over, well, I'm not going to get attached or I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to trust him because of the last dude or the last chick. Mm-hmm. And you are holding yourself captive to this person that is Man. no longer even in your world, in your life. And they should not have that much power over any of us. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, I think the whole thing about when you get hurt by people is like a real sense of time for a lot of people. Cause yeah. it's like, like, man, that's the worst situation, I think, is somebody that... Especially that, people you trust. That you trust, yeah. right? And then they don't come back and apologize. Ooh, that's so hard like, for me. So <laughs> Transparent. It's all, you and a lot of other people, me. I think for me too, but like some people, like it's just like, you want that kind of like, man, they, they know they did me wrong, mm-hmm. but they don't ever come back and say like, hey, you know what? I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sometimes that can help the healing of that person, yeah. but sometimes you don't get that. Yeah. And if you don't get that, do you stay in that? Mm. How do you move forward? That's somebody else. Everybody got to kind of figure out how do you move that's forward. That's tough. And that's a real question. Hey, if y'all have any advice, if y'all been through this and you say, hey, I had to I had to experience this and this is what I did, please hit us up. Send us an email. Um, put it on our yeah. Facebook page, on our Instagram page, because we want to hear from you because this is a real issue that people really deal with is when they get hurt, when any of us get hurt, being able to forgive, even if there is no action taken that merits quote unquote, our, for, our forgiveness, our yeah. reconciliation of that relationship. And some, some relationships are not meant to be reconciled and, and, but you still kind of hope what the word, you know, the word is closure. I want, I want closure on yeah. this. And if that doesn't happen, that it, it does create a challenge for future relationships. It does create like people can build up walls, both men and women. So this is not gender exclusive, um, can build up walls that keep them from moving or progressing forward in certain aspects of their relationship. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that also, sorry, but that also 
that doesn't necessarily just have to do with male-female relationships. There uh-huh. are men that can build up walls and resentment against fathers or against brothers or uncles or um, friends. Women can do the same thing. This can be challenges between children. We are a blended family. As you know, there are certain challenges that come with that that <laughs> sometimes you feel like, how am I going to, how can I progress in this when there have been so many deep wounds? Because let me tell you all, look. If y'all want to talk about some blended family stuff, we have some episodes from last season, but that can be a very painful situation. It can be, I mean, I'm telling y'all, I've cried. I've cried a lot over the years. And that's part of why we do this is because, man, we've experienced some things and we're trying to share some of that. So y'all don't have to go Mm -hmm. through what we've gone through that y'all know, hey, we're in this with you. We're all in this together. We're trying to make successful homes, successful marriages, successful relationships. And part of what we're discussing is not that it doesn't have to be raw every day. Like the pain doesn't have to be right there on the surface every day, but it can't be suppressed and repressed where you never address it. You never talk about it. It never comes out. And then you really do begin to feel isolated and alone. No, absolutely. I think, I mean, even the, the pain you're talking about, I think men in particular, you know what, they don't embrace this story. So because we get real fearful of what other men may say mm. and how they may see it. It's like, talk man, about that. no, I just, and the, just, as you were talking, it's like, you know what, sometimes, you know, as, us as men or as fathers or even as husbands, it's like, man, I, I'm struggling with my kids. Mm-hmm. Hard for us to tell another man that we don't really embrace that part of our story. You know what I mean? I'm me and my wife, man, we kind of going through it, even though I don't even know the details. We, we have a hard time even just saying that. Mm-hmm. Like, man, hey, it's rough out here. Why is that? It's just, I mean, to me, you want to run from that issue. Mm-hmm. You want to run from that, that, that particular problem and really not face it, embrace it. Like, say that's part of you want to pro- project an image of like, you know what? Hey, I got this all figured out. I don't know what y'all going through. I got 99 problems, but you know what I mean? But that ain't one, you know what I mean? One, that kind of mentality. Yeah. And it's like, man, that, that can be damaging, right? Over time, like, hold on, who am I? You start asking the question, who are you? Because mm-hmm. now you're living one way in your private life and live another way in your public life. Wow. I think a lot of people do that. As you as we kind of circle back around to the, the social media image, mm-hmm. I often see like couples, I'm like, Dang, they ain't got no problems, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, or I, we talked to couples and they were like, everybody around us just seems so happy and so perfect. And we're like, nah, that's yeah. not, you can, I, I love my husband. I think he's fantastic, but Thank that don't mean that. that we don't have arguments. That doesn't mean that right. we don't have issues. That doesn't mean that everything is like, what you say? Like copacetic all the mm-hmm. time. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not, it's not like that all the time. So if those are the only images that you are seeing those are the images that people want you to see. Um, and, it, and I also don't necessarily think all everybody's negative business has to be out there right. all the time. Like, that's not healthy either. Because um, I don't I don't take, when I'm upset with Mike, I don't take a picture and, like, put it on Facebook and be like, this is our mad, this is not a good day. Right. Some people do, some people don't. Um, but my, I guess my, my point in even saying all of that is be careful what you envy on social media. And I'm sure that most of you have heard that before, but... For real, be careful because the grass is not always greener. I know people that give up relationships because they feel like this is not how it's supposed to be. It's not supposed right. to be tough. It's not supposed to be hard. It is. It's it's part of it. It is. Yeah. It, it is because, and I, I said this just recently, 
It is the idea of iron sharpening iron that specifically speaks of friction. There's going to be friction. There's going to be sparks. There's going to be times when it's a challenge. There's going to be times when it, it's not pretty. Um, so if all the images that you see are things that are pretty, that's not all that there is to see. That's just all that they're letting you see, like you were saying about the tomb. So yep. Yep. anyway, got to throw that out there. No, that's good. Babe. You broke that down. <laughs> you broke that all the way down. So, so talk to me a little bit about the concept of um, – this kind of otherworldliness, this living bigger and badder and bit and better than the rest of society and particularly how it pertains. Cause you, you started talking about men, but I really mm -hmm. want to hear about why men feel the urge and the need to kind of have this, I got this all under control persona and I'm living the good life. I'm living the best life. This is my, I've heard like women say, this is my best life. I haven't heard a lot of fellas say that, but you know, I'm living my best life when really you crying, you struggling, you know, things are not as, as pretty as it seems yeah. from a male perspective. Why is that so, so common? It's very simple. It's okay. like so simple. It's like, really? Okay. And, it's, and the answer to that is like, we're, we're raised to show no weakness. Mm. So we don't show weakness. We can't show weakness in, in some faults that we have. I don't care if they are obvious faults. If they're you'd be obvious. Like, you'd be like, man, something wrong with that cat. He'd be like, well, he, he gonna walk around like whatever. I don't, what you talking about? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's gonna he gonna project that. Yeah. And like, very few are gonna be like, okay, yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm working on that though. I'm not. I'm not trying to ask the dudes <clears throat> to walk around here like all you know tenderonies or anything. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying like, hey, why does it seem like y'all have such a harder? Like, it it almost it feels often that y'all are holding so much of this stuff that's behind and y'all are repressing it. Like we have to ask y'all so many times, like, so how you feel? Like, I'm good. I'm straight. Well, what do you think about that? I say, you know, like we get these kind of <laughs> answers that have no depth. And I wonder if there's something that's behind them other than I'm tired or I'm chilling. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, we, we got, we got plenty of depth. I mean, most men are very, it. very deep, deep people. I know. I believe that. So why is it a hard thing to express? The hard thing to express is like, cause we don't, we doesn't operate in feelings. So, okay. and maybe it's another term we should be using of how men operate, but feelings is not one of the primary things that men operate in. Mm -hmm. Men are going to operate in some actual practical kind of what they see. Mm -hmm. Right. And then if I can project what, what, what you're seeing in me, then feelings don't even come into play. So I'm going to project. You know what? Strength, power. We got somebody like that that's in, you know, what I mean, you know what I mean, that we that's governing us right now. Mm -mm. He projects that. Mm -mm. I'm just saying, I mean, we talking about it is what it is. Okay, he, it is what it is. He projects that. Okay, yeah. But in reality, you know what? He got some stuff that he's dealing with too. You know, when his yeah. wife snatches his hand away, that hurt. Yeah. I don't care what you are. That you see everybody seen on TV. Mm -hmm. Seeing her snatch your hand away. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't care he more he would never admit to that. He would never show that it hurts. I know any guys that if a woman snatched her hand away, that he'd be like, yeah, you know, yeah. Right, so I'm cool. just saying, but like that's, a, that's that's an obvious example that we've all seen and kind of play out of what you know what that macho kind of strength. I got all the answers. You know what? I don't care what the experts are saying. None of that. I'm mean, gonna get me on sidetrack. I'm about going somewhere, but like I ain't gonna go into that. But I don't care what nobody else is saying. I got all the answers. I think it's funny because um, like you use that example, but I know there are a lot of um, a lot of us have seen like our fathers try to fix stuff yeah. without directions. <laughs> like, like they got it. Oh, I know how this works. I know where this goes. Like, nah. And like two hours later, I remember one time you were trying to do, 
You were trying to put together a speaker. Do you remember Uh this? Uh -uh. Oh man, we were trying to we were trying to go somewhere, and I was so frustrated. And Michael was like, "Oh man, it's just gonna take a second. And like maybe about an hour and a half later, he was still trying to get this thing. And Michael is the type that once he starts a project, he's not gonna let it beat him. He's like, "No, I'm gonna finish this. I'm gonna get get this done." I was so frustrated because he was intent on fixing it without the directions, and I think like. Once I was like, Michael, we're we're looking at these directions. Like I started reading them out loud because yeah. he wouldn't read them. So I had to read them out loud and he pretended like he wasn't really paying attention, but I knew he was paying attention. Yeah, I need some help. help. I need some help. <laughs> within like 15, Thank you for saving me. 15 minutes, you had that speaker. Yeah. I was like, see, this dude right here. But I think that's that what you're talking about is that image like, nah, I got it. I can do it. Um, you know, yeah. that projection and, and it bleeds over into social media and it bleeds yeah. over into like, hey, I got to have this car because I got to look like the part. I got to mm-hmm. take pictures with money in my hand because I got to look like the part. I got to have this certain jewelry or this certain lady or this certain stuff because I got to look the part, mm-hmm. you know, and I find that interesting because I I, I wonder what it is, um, how it's being replicated for our children and our children's yeah. children, how the boys are looking at these figures um, on television or these fig- these athletes or their fathers or their cousins or the dudes on the corner or whomever, and they're saying, okay, that must be what power looks like. That must be what yeah. strength looks like. So then they're replicating what they're seeing even though they don't realize it's really emptiness. Yeah. Um, and that goes for women too. Um, um, so I, I just... That's something to ponder on. So if you have some comments or you have something you want to share with that, hit us up. Um, But I do also kind of want to talk about this idea of um, learning from our mistakes. So many of us won't share Mm -hmm. our our our, you know, testimonies, as they say in the church, but Mm -hmm. our experiences. And there are people behind us that I believe suffer because we're so unwilling. That is definitely one of the reasons that I think we do this and we do everything that we do is because I cannot fathom somebody having to experience the things that I have experienced or that Michael has experienced when I could just tell them, yo, this is what happened. This is, this is what it is. Let me offer you the wisdom that I might have. Let me, let me give that to you in hopes that you don't have to go down the same roads that I went to. No, absolutely. I think yeah, that's a major part of embracing your story is like, you know what? There's people behind you, as you just mentioned, or people that may be coming through, you know, with similar issues that, that need to grow from what you went through. Yeah. And it's like, if you don't embrace your story, you won't, you'll never look back and say, you know what, maybe I can help somebody mm-hmm. because you're still trying to really overcome it or, or ignoring it even mm-hmm. to the aspect like, you know what, you're going to allow somebody else to go through that same issue. Yeah. If you've been through divorce, maybe you have somebody that's, that's going through divorce. Yeah. If you had a kid out of wedlock, maybe you should help somebody had a kid out of wedlock. Yeah. You know what, you've been struggling with your kids, maybe you should help somebody else to see struggling with their kids. Like, instead of trying to hide behind all the stuff that we may be trying to like, Hey, you know what? I ain't never gone through nothing. Or I ain't never, you know, you're dealing with that. Mm-hmm. How you allow your kid to do that? But you know, your kid did something similar. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, you got to be careful. Cause yeah. like, Hey, you know what I mean? Cause I think we have ownership really of not just us overcoming it. This is my personal belief, but helping somebody else overcome it. Yeah. So like, and part of that is like you embrace your story kind of really allows you to facilitate that idea of that. And there's a freedom in, in sharing because what you do is you're you're giving the keys to somebody else, like right. what you're saying. So I've I've unlocked me and I'm handing off the keys so that somebody else can unlock themselves. Because when yeah. you don't do that, you're encouraging captivity. 
you're encouraging people to hide and to be ashamed of the things that they experience. And I'm going to say this, and folks might get upset, but I feel like that happens so often in the church, mm-hmm. quote unquote, the, the church as a whole, is there's a shame attached to um you know, sin, or there's a shame that's attached to history, or there's a shame that's attached to any number of missteps in your life, no matter how big or how small, you're scared to share them because you think that people are going to ridicule you or they're going to judge you. And sadly, that happens. Mm -hmm. Sadly, it's that you hear, there are the whispers like the, "Mm, she did what? Did you know all of that? So we got to do better, folks. We just got to do better. But we also can't not share because we're so scared of the people that are going to say something because we got to do better. But on the other side of that, some folks are just some folks. Okay. They just going to do what they've been doing and you got to be strong enough within yourself and go get your strength where you need to. If you need to talk this stuff out, if you need to journal, whatever you need to do, go get that strength so that you can be like, all right, I'm empowered. I'm bold. I don't have to be bothered with the people that are whispering because it might've bothered me before. But I don't have to. I don't have to mess with them because I have a bigger mission. I have to help somebody. You know. No, I think, man, you just kind of hit on a, a whole lot. It's like to me, part of embracing your story mm-hmm. is taking away the narrative of somebody else telling a story. Mm. So, like, Ooh, if I embrace my story, uh-huh. then the whispers. You know what? They can whisper. I already told it. Mm-hmm. I already didn't accepted it. Mm-hmm. I'm already trying to claim, hey, I'm trying to get better than what I was. But if you don't embrace it, either, you know, you're running from it, you get some kind of, you know, people with the whispers, I think, will matter more then. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just something people keep in mind. I'm like, okay, hey, you know what? If I embrace it, I take control of the narrative. I'm trying to then redirect really exactly the direction of what I'm trying or people to see about me. Yeah, I love that. Taking control of the narrative. Yeah. Making sure that you own yourself and that nobody else owns you. Because that's what happens. That's what happens when when we allow people to say whatever it is that they want to say, yeah. whatever it is that they want to do. So I, I think that happens a lot in entertainment too. I guess yeah. that's going to be my last, my last point, but I think that happens in a lot of entertainment when stuff like comes out, PR directors will tell you, okay, you need to get in front of the camera. You need to say something yeah. or in court. Okay. You need to get on the stand. You need to, you need to advocate for yourself. Yeah. And I think this is part of that self advocacy and what that looks like in today's society. So we know that our experiences really are are, are critical to really helping yeah. people um, evolve. And by not sharing our experiences, by not sharing the things that we've gone through, not just us, but all of us, by not sharing, we are literally locking people in a, a sort of slavery because they don't feel sure. free. They don't feel like they can share this. And so I think that there's some onus on us to be receptive, to be welcoming, to be transparent ourselves so that other people have the freedom and feel like, Hey, I can share. My experience was similar or I have something a little different, but they don't seem like they're going to condemn me or they're going to judge me or they're going to ridicule me. So you were talking kind of about, you know, the whispers of the crowd. And by us um, telling our story, it stops the narrative of everybody else. Yeah. 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 No, that's no, that's that's so good about, you know what I mean? I think you just got to make sure that, you know what, you just take control of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like if you take control of that, that allows you then to really just me move forward better in life. Mm-hmm. for better in your relationships and just move forward better and generally just where you're trying to take yourself and your family. Yeah. Yeah. So we're reframing the narrative yep. by not projecting falsehoods. Absolutely. Tell I it. I love it. I love it. Tell it, tell it. And then, so then I guess kind of the tightest all together, it's like, you know what, to really the whole thing about embracing your story is about then saying, okay, I'm trying to build a better relationship. Yeah. 
with my kids, with my wife, with my girlfriend, with my boyfriend, with my family, with my mm -hmm. parents. And then like part of doing that is like they really are, are loving you or liking you or de developing that friendship with you because they're saying that, you know what, you know who you are, you've embraced who you are and you're accepted who you are. So I'm accepting you. So without you accepting you, it's hard to, for people to have that deep connection with you. Okay, slow that down, slow that down. Mm -hmm. Talk that through just a little bit more. So we are embracing and accepting ourselves where, yep. where we are. It doesn't mean that we have to have the full knowledge of everything that we are and everything right. we're going to be, but we've accepted where we are at this point in life, what has brought us to this point in life. And you're saying by doing that, it allows other people to embrace us as well. Yeah, maybe I can say it a different way. And okay. I, I'll put it from just, from from how from my perspective, my relationships, mm -hmm. the people I like and love the most mm -hmm. are the ones that I have accepted of who they are. And they accepted of who they are. So not saying they're perfect people in any kind of straight form imagination. Mm -hmm. They may not even be like me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I may know some guy, I don't cook. Like, I am not, I'm not a cooker. But I know yeah. some guys that cook, right? And they real, were real comfortable with it. Yeah. And like, I don't care if they're in the manliest of manliest rooms. They're like, yeah, I cook. And they're good with it. Yeah. I love people like that. You know yeah. what I mean? I can have a relationship with somebody like that. Yeah. Because to me, that's embrace. That's them embracing a part of them who they are, even though it's different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the same thing with a mistake, right? Hey, you know what? Hey, I've been divorced. You know what I mean? Which is myself. Mm -hmm. I've had a kid out of wedlock. You know what I mean? And like saying like, okay, but I'm not happy about it. I'm not embracing that issue. I'm not celebrating it. I'm not celebrating right. it. But it's something that's a part of me, yeah. And I'm and I've grown from it, yeah. I think people that that do that are the ones that you can develop deeper relationships with. Mm -hmm. And if I'm trying to have a deep relationship with my spouse, with my girlfriend or my boyfriend, they're gonna have to see that part of me. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's really. I think that's really critical. It's really. Yeah. I mean, that's a really powerful statement and a really critical reality yeah. to be able to really embrace and really love you are without necessarily celebrating your downfalls or um, the mistakes that you've made or even some of the challenges that you've endured. Absolutely. Yeah. So on that, thank you all for joining us. This has been an interesting conversation. Please make sure that you connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Check out our website for more content and resources. FuseMarriages.com. Let's talk about it. You're listening to Fuse with Tristan and Michael.